Welcome to Open Your Hands, conversations on craft and vision and poetry. I'm your host, Zach Zaya. Back again, 2023, uh, for, for a new episode, doing something a little different, mixing it up. Um, today, and for the next episode, uh, later on this month, I'm actually going to be reading some of my own poetry, um, because I think it's a, it's a great way, uh, as a poet, to share thoughts on craft and vision, to actually kind of take you behind the scenes of, of your own of your own poems. Um, and I'm not claiming to be, <laughs> or claiming that these works are masterpieces or anything like that, but I'm proud of them. Um, I got them published, um, and I, I want to share a little bit about my own intentions as an artist in hopes that that might illum- illuminate um, for, for those interested in the art of poetry, how they might uh, practice in their, in their own way, and also as readers, right? Just, uh, you know, enriching our enjoyment of the craft. So um, the poem I'm going to be reading today and then uh, saying a little bit about is a, is a poem, has a long title. <laughs> I'll read the title and then I'll jump right into the, to the reciting of the poem. This poem is called To the Young Priest at the Church in Duluth Who Spoke with Such Certainty on the Meaning of Baptism. You spoke of questions you would ask to see if parents understood the gravity, the soul shake of what it means to die and come back again, up from the water, gasping. You asked, how often do you go to Mass and when was your last confession? We are not children of the King before we dunk, you claimed. We are only creatures. And somewhere, softly, while you were speaking, a creature died. Maybe a bird beaked into glass. Maybe a frog croaked its last breath in this August heat. Or maybe a man or a woman breathed slower and slower and stopped. You with your collar, I with my pen, What do we know of the mystery? What but tender grasp, but light hold, could let us see? Could let it open itself like wings or heart that beat again? Now slow, now faster, now steady. One and another and another. So that was my own poem with a mouthful of a title to the young priest at the church in Duluth who spoke with such certainty on the meaning of baptism. Um, And you might be able to tell this poem was based on an actual experience um, in my life. Um, So it was uh, an actual mass that saw many of you know uh, I'm a, I'm a, a Catholic um, so this was a mass that I attended, uh, with my wife, Christina in Duluth. Um, and this was, this was, you know, the, the words that, that are in this poem or some of the actual words of the young priest at the homily. And, um, you know, thinking about the genesis or process of this poem and sharing some of that with you, I have a few, few thoughts. Um, first of all, uh, this, this poem that if that in its form right now, as it is published, it's definitely not anything close to what it was in its first draft. Um, and you might be able to sense if, if you're, um, you know, if you're hearing this poem with a tone that I'm intending, there's definitely an undercurrent of some, some anger um, in the poem. 
at the way the priest is talking about baptism. Um, you know, in the first draft, it was more like just rage. <laughs> it's very much like a reactive poem, um, very much accusatory. Um, and I, you know, I kind of sat with that first draft um, for a little while. I reread it. And then I realized, right, <clears throat> you know, part of my impetus to write was was to be in in dialogue with someone with a very, very different understanding of of faith, of baptism, of what it means to be in, in a community of faith together. Um, and if if I intended this poem to be in any way an invitation to dialogue, it, it needed to not be in that accusatory voice, as tempting as it was to kind of just keep it there and mic drop. Um, and so I started to think about curiosity and question questions as a way forward and so that's that's really where, where i i actually just completely rewrote the draft there's really nothing no language uh from the first draft that got into this last draft although i do think that the anger that inspired you know the poem definitely is here so that that's kind of an idea of a little bit of my my process for this particular poem every poem that i write is different and probably it's similar for for you poets out there it's not like there's you know one size fits all um you know, it, when I look at other poets' work, I often talk about a turning point. It's kind of like a way in to understanding um, the poet's vision. So, you know, I thought I'd do that with my own work, look at it afresh. <clears throat> um, for me, the heart of this poem is on that, um, I guess what the priest would consider kind of like a dogmatic distinction. Right? So he was, um, he was really um, interested and invested in, in, in telling people, you know, if you don't get baptized, you're you're really not in full communion with the church. And so you need to do that as soon as possible. And almost like doing it in, in a sense that for me as, as a listener in those pews felt like as, as sort of a fear-based um, invitation or um, way of, of, of asking people to, uh, to, to get ready for this sacrament. Where there's sort of those interrogation questions, like which he actually said he asked parishioners, "How often do you go to mass? When was your last confession?" But then the key, which is really what inspired this poem, was this idea that you know what the priest said: if, if you don't get baptism, you're not really a child of God; you're a creature of God. It was very important for him to make that distinction. That was sent, my takeaway was kind of like essentially we're sort of like animals um, before we receive the sacrament of baptism. Um, and I started thinking about that and I felt like not only was it like a really fear-based way to kind of go about, uh, inviting people to the sacrament, which I think is a wonderful sacrament. Um, but also it, it's almost like an insult to, to animals as well. It's like, it's like while he was trying to invite people to the sacrament, he was also like, I, I don't know, like the word creature, he was saying it in almost for me, as I heard it in the piece, kind of an insulting way. And so I wanted to really ask him in the poem, um, and ask myself, like, what do we think about creatures? And so that that was kind of an opening for me, um, was that distinction. So, I mean, I, I've got the poem here. I'm going to try to make sure you have access to it. To it. It's, in, it's in a wonderful journal called Orchards. But those lines that kind of felt like the, the turning point for me were, you know, we are not children of the king before we dunk. You claimed we are only creatures. And somewhere softly while you were speaking, a creature died. Maybe a bird beaked into class, maybe... A frog croaked its last breath in this August heat. Um, so, you know, we Catholics, we, we have a lot of ceremony um, around the deaths of human beings, which is right and appropriate. 
Um, I don't know if we venerate or honor in anything close to a like manner uh, the death of animals. And maybe it's because, you know, as I shared in the last episode, I'm, I'm still grieving uh, the loss of, of our, our Dasha, our pet, our dog. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think there, there's uh, an incompleteness and an inadequacy to language around a mystery like baptism that in inviting people to that mystery diminishes um, the mystery of another form of life. Like that just doesn't, that doesn't feel adequate to me. And so this poem, as you can see, um, through its questions is, is arguing, is seeking to dialogue by uh, questioning the terms, questioning the terms of, um, of this priest. Um, so as I'm saying that aloud, you know, perhaps my invitation to dialogue is, st- is still got some of that fight in it. Um, but I hope, I hope it's tempered by some of this, this awe and wonder and a mystery of, of life passing uh, from, from life into death. Um, so, um, you know, in closing this out, you know, I'm aware that there are, uh, you know, just because of the nature of my podcast, there um, are believers in a variety of traditions, religious traditions, and also people who don't subscribe to any religious traditions. But I think part of, you know, why I'm really wanting to share this particular poem is I think it does, um, it does speak to uh, many folks who I respect and love and admire deeply who have different ways, perhaps more conservative and traditional ways of approaching um, the mysteries within their own religious traditions that might line up with, with this priest. And so while I'm you know, addressing this particular priest in this poem, um, there's also people that I love that, that might kind of hold to some of those things. And I, do, I don't want to read this poem or, or you know, put this podcast out in the world in, in a spirit of like, you're wrong and I'm right. Uh, I actually want to put it out into the world in the spirit of dialogue. I want to be curious. Um, that's part of the reason why I shared my process, just so you, you know, you as a listener could understand. You know, I think some of some of poetry is allowing yourself to completely rethink a way of thinking, a way of saying. Um, and so, I don't think of my poems as ever finished. So this might be an invitation to another poem or another saying um, for you listeners out there. So I'm excited. Uh, to hear your thoughts uh, on this poem and also some of the ideas in this poem. So that's the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope it's a great start of the new year to you and your loved ones. Peace. And thanks to my cousin, musician Dustin Coppertoons Jensen, who has generously allowed me to use his song Speed of Understanding as introduction, interlude, and closing music to this episode. To find out more about Copper Tunes, go to soundcloud.com slash coppertunes. <laughs>